Hey, Teacher Mama. We have a special episode for all of you who have that never-ending to-do list, right? It is always there. We check things off. More things get put on. And this episode is really going to help you prioritize the things that need to get prioritized, get rid of those things that we really don't need to do, or just, you know, make everything just better <laughs> to-do list-wise. We are interviewing Christina Welty today. She is the founder and consulting director of Heart for Children. She works with schools and districts to get to the heart of the matter with their greatest obstacles inhibiting student achievement. She also helps education entrepreneurs turn their ideal client leads into high ticket paying clients using her six figure marketing and sales funnel framework. Actually, she's so passionate about it that she guarantees that you make back two times your investment. That is crazy, you guys. Uh, while working with her or she will work with you for free until you do. So today we're not really talking about the entrepreneur, the teacher entrepreneur person right now. Hopefully in the future we can get an episode on the books where we focus on that because I know some of you are either doing that or you are looking forward to doing that as a, another fulfillment stream or another income stream in your life. Today, we're really going to focus on that teacher mama who needs help with her to-do list. So let's get into the episode. Hey, Teacher Mama, welcome to the Teacher Mama's podcast. Do you want to feel rested and have more focus in the classroom and at home? Do you find yourself up late at night searching for motivational quotes, ways to keep students' attention, or creative ways to relieve stress? Do you wake up with big, ambitious goals only to feel exhausted and inefficient when behaviors continue to show up in the classroom and you find yourself taking work home again? Hey, I'm Ashley. And I'm Roberta. We too felt exhausted and wished for less behaviors and more time to do the things we love outside of school. We wanted to live more energetic and balanced lives and keep work at work. But we kept telling ourselves we didn't have enough time or energy. Until we found some time and stress management strategies that worked for each of us. In this podcast, you're going to find health, routines, and mindset tips so that you will feel energetic and not exhausted. So go grab your favorite drink and a notebook and your favorite pen because we're about to dive in. Did you know that we have a free community of women just like you? Roberta and I are super excited because we just started our Facebook community. I am so pumped to get you guys in here and starting to get to know you guys. Um, so this is for busy moms who are working hard to manage their time and stress at home. And eventually when the summer is over, we're not talking about that yet at school too. Uh, we share weekly mindset tips and simple time and stress management strategies, along with how to start making healthier habits and routines for just like, you know, it just becomes normal for you. So come join us over in our Facebook community in the time and stress management for teacher mamas group. Check out the link in the show notes below. 
Hello, everybody. Uh, we're going to get right into the episode since we just gave you Christina's intro. Christina, tell us about yourself and then how you got started in education and then this journey that you're on right now and what has led you to doing what you're currently doing. Hi, Ashley. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here as a mom and an edupreneur sharing that with your audience. So I actually first got my start in education when I joined Teach for America all the way back in 2013. So from there, I really discovered the literacy gap that existed. So I was teaching middle school and I taught theater and I was like, oh my gosh, my students can't read a script. And that was absolutely devastating to me. So essentially my theater class turned into a literacy class and I went, okay, how did we get here? Like, how did kids get to the sixth and seventh grade? and not be able to read. So I went, hey, I want to coach teachers, right, in the early grades to make sure that this doesn't happen. So that was what kind of sparked, I would say, my principal leadership journey and eventually became an assistant principal and coaching teachers took up like 80% of my time. 80% of my time was spent in classrooms with my teachers, teaching with them, modeling for them, giving them feedback. And that really became my heart and soul. Now, during that time, I also tapped into this whole other set of entrepreneur skills mm -hmm. that drove me to kind of get into multi-level marketing. Actually, I sold beauty counter. I'm guessing maybe some of your audience <laughs> dabbles in that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And through that discovered, you know, there's not a lot of support out here in the online world um, that isn't obsessive about, you know, money messages. Like, what if I just want to help people? What if, you know, what if I just want to find someone to mentor me? And so I launched my very own paid membership community for female entrepreneurs. Cool. Awesome. So is your community mostly um, like entrepreneurs like you or is it um, kind of like a variety of women? Yeah. So I actually phased out that membership because okay. it launched what is now my business coaching branch. So I used all of my knowledge from that because my members were like, hey, Christina, how did you build this whole membership and get people to pay you? So I realized, oh my gosh, I built a marketing and sales funnel. And it was with that that I used to launch Heart for Children, which is why you all are here, right? We're teachers, we're moms. And Heart for Children wouldn't have been possible. I wouldn't have had the skill set if I didn't have this six years of entrepreneurship under my belt you know, prior. And the reason I decided to go full-time with an agency instead of continuing on as an assistant principal is because I had a really tough time with postpartum depression and anxiety. And as mm -hmm. you all know, as full-time educators, you don't get to like, it's hard to set those time boundaries. So I was only seeing my daughter for like an hour and a half to two hours a day when she was four months old. And I was just like, this ain't going to work. And mm -hmm. Now, what a lot of people don't know, though, is I didn't get to just quit and be like, oh, this is fun and fluffy. Like mm -hmm. I had to make money like my husband and I, we had to have my income to pay our rent. So like mm -hmm. it had to work. And if it didn't, I was going to find, you know, a job that would work. And luckily, well, not luckily, it was very intentional. My funnel framework that I, you know, first built six years ago worked to launch this business as well. And that's the same framework that I'm helping other entrepreneurs and edupreneurs use to launch six figure businesses. Awesome. I love that. Maybe Thank uh, you. another time we should do another interview on that because that was another thing that super sparked my interest. Um, 
was one of the topics that you like to talk about um, with entrepreneurs. Um, and I think that's something that our audience can resonate with too. Like our, um, my teaching job maybe isn't fulfilling me the way that I want it to. And I kind of want to get into something else. And that's kind of something that yeah. you're super passionate about too, because like, that's what we're doing. Not that I'm not, um, super, uh, I am very passionate about my job, but I'm also very passionate about helping teachers as well. And so I think the yeah. two each other very well. And that's why I do so well in both areas, right? Like yeah. I be as good of a teacher, if I wasn't also doing this thing on the side, the podcast and our course and all that stuff for the teachers. So I think that that's also super important to talk about like what is fulfilling you as a teacher. Um, so I would love to do a separate interview with you on that at some point, that would be really awesome. Yeah. And <laughs> it, it really weaves in, you know, we're going to talk about organizing your task list, right? Yeah. Um, because, but, but really the whole launching your business thing, it, it does kind of seamlessly fit into that because we need as educators that creative outlet that fills us up. Um, yes. For me, like there came a point where I felt like I was no longer challenged. You know, I kind of learned everything I had to learn on top of that. Unfortunately, a lot of assistant principals and principals aren't prioritizing coaching teachers, right? So that's why sometimes you feel that that growth stifled. But you also have with your job money to fund your business endeavors. You have this other income, you know, being brought in that you can use to fund what you want to start as your side hustle. And that was what I personally did when I was a reading interventionist four years before I became an assistant principal. That was when I started doing beauty counter. And then that was when I launched my membership community. Right. And then I took like a year off when I had my baby. And then I relaunched once I quit my AP job. So it was like a whole six years of like, oh, I'm in this. I'm not. I'm in this. I'm not. Yeah. Right. But throughout those years, it was definitely that creative outlet I needed. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, how did I do that? Where I was, you know, running basically three businesses and a reading interventionist and an assistant principal. That's yeah, that sounds crazy. So to be able to like get to that point or maybe not to that extreme, you have to be able to organize yourself and be time efficient, right? So that's kind of what we're going to talk about today is organizing your tasks lit task. I can't even say this, these two words together. <laughs> I know it's a tongue <laughs> Yeah. Your task list for maximum efficiency. And I would kind of like to break it down into maybe organizing as a teacher at your teacher job, and then also organizing at home because a lot of times they get intermixed and that's, I feel like when all the stress and um, all the overwhelm yes. and everything kind of start to come in when we don't disconnect from either one of them and we're trying to do both. We're trying to wear both hats right. at the same time. So yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited to dive into this, Ashley, because there was a pivotal moment in terms of like my task management that rocked my world. So I was at like my lowest of lows. This was when I was in Teach for America. I had just been working myself into the ground. I was depressed. My dad came up to Dallas and basically like intervened and was like, we've got to change this. And he said, let me help you make this task list. And this is the same task list I use to this day. So get ready. 
but you do you take your piece of paper, you divide it into four quadrants, right? Mm -hmm. You have your must do items, your can do items, and your want to do items. And then you can just kind of have a little box over to the side with all the other thoughts that are nagging you. That's what that fourth little box is for. Yep. So what's interesting though, about this task list, right? Is you're going to realize, oh, I'm doing all the things that I can do before my must do. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing the want to do things before my must do as well. So the must do just get left sitting there. So you're stressed because those mm-hmm. things that you actually need to get done in order to enjoy the can do and the want to do mm-hmm. are nagging at you. That's that, that's that stress. that's just like, bubbling up. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me at school, anything that had to be done at school, those were my must do. And I did them at school so that my time Mm -hmm. at home could truly be for the want to do and the can do. Mm -hmm. So those can do items, they're things that need to be done, but they're not urgent. So what's the, once they become urgent, you move those things up to the must do. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's so simple. Because oftentimes we make this giant to-do list. And then what's our tendency is we go in and we pick the things that are, um, let's say they're like, like silly little menial things that don't really mean a whole lot, just mm-hmm. so we can put that check mark next to them. And just so we can feel good in the moment, we can get that like dopamine hit, but it doesn't exactly like move the needle forward. We're not actually getting things done. We're just like getting that really quick dopamine hit. And then we're still super stressed out. (laughs) That is such the perfect way to describe it. Right. Um, I think too, in motherhood, like I've really had to shift what I would have before thought are must do's, right. Like getting the laundry done, doing the dishes, like the house chores, a lot of those things are not must-do items for me mm-hmm. until the we have this laundry chair over here. Let me show you. It's like <laughs> in the corner. No, seriously. Okay. It's just clothes. My our my husband and I's marriage counselor told us this. He was like, My number one piece of advice is to have a chair where you toss all the laundry and clothes that you don't fold. <laughs> yep. And it has been a miracle worker. But mm-hmm. seriously, like until that thing is like driving me nuts. It's really when, until I can't find a piece of clothing that I need. Yeah. That's when I move up the laundry to the must do. Mm -hmm. Right. So because being present with, with my daughter has now become priority. And it took me a long time to shift out of that because in education, we're used to constantly doing and this nagging making me feeling like I always had to be do some doing something because let's be honest in the classroom, that's what we do. We're always one step ahead. Our brain is always thinking one step ahead. Mm-hmm. So we tend to bring that to the home. And so we, I found myself not being present with my daughter as a result of that. So I had to say, you know what, these things can pile up. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And until it kind of got to that, Ooh, I can't find something or there are no clean dishes. Then that's when it gets done. And you know what? My daughter, now that she's two, she loves helping me with those things. Even though she doesn't fold the piece of clothing, I toss her the piece of clothing, right? And she like feels like she's doing it with me. So mm-hmm. I think that shift is really important too, to evaluate why do I feel this nagging 
And is this really necessary right now? Is my house going to burn down if I don't do this thing right now? The answer is probably no. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I love that. And like the thing I've been thinking about a lot lately is like, where, like, what beliefs are you holding on to as a teacher or as a mom? And like, where did they come from? A lot of things, like one thing I was thinking about today randomly, I don't know, because I'm weird and these things pop in my head all the time. Um, it's like exactly what you were saying is we have this constant feeling to be doing all the time. Like there, there's always something to be done. There's always something to be done. And, um, I think that comes from early on in our, like in our educational experience, like it came from probably our, either our, our teachers at school telling us like, as we were telling them, Hey, I want to be a teacher. And they're like, are you sure? <laughs> you know, like because yes. you're always doing stuff. You never get the summers off and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, is that truly my belief? Do I need to be believing that? Or is that just something that I was told that I just chose to believe? Like we can make these new beliefs for ourselves. Like you just said, like, is my house going to burn down if I don't do this? Probably not. But Maybe somebody along the way told you laundry is super important. You have to get it done or else your life is going to fall apart. Like, is that a belief right. you want to hold or can you make a new belief for yourself? So, yeah. And I think one of the craziest things is those must do items shift in different seasons of your life. Right. right. So before I had my daughter, it was no big deal for me to fold laundry in the middle of the day. And that was a must do. And that's fine. But now that I'm, you know, home with her thinking about your teachers that are listening home during the summer, what's really the priority, right? Like being with your kids or folding that piece of laundry, that's just going to have 10 other pieces added to it later today. Mm -hmm. And that's really the thing that I had to accept is there's all, you can always get yourself into a cycle. There's always one more thing, one more thing, one more thing. So when we think about, you know, start your teachers that are listening, if they have a side hustle or they're thinking about starting a business, those things have to be broken down into micro steps, right? So there are going to be things that you put in the want to do with starting your business that aren't necessary right now. And then those must do items that you actually need to do right now to start your side hustle. But because we don't break down those things micro enough, we never get started on it, right? So it's just like, start my business or post on Instagram. Well, what does that actually mean, mm -hmm. right? On a micro level, mm -hmm. how many times are you going to post, right? Like, what are you, what is your content going to be? So there are so, a lot of the times, a lot deeper layers too, to the things that we're writing on our tasks list. So we're not feeling like we're able to actually cross it off mm -hmm. because it's a huge project that needs to be broken down into micro steps piece by piece. Right. Yeah. Oh, I like that. So basically to sum this up, you have your sheet of paper, you write down um, must do, can do, and want to do on there. And then your other box is your um, random thoughts box. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then making sure that you're breaking it down into micro steps, because if it's too big sitting there on your must do list, it's going to be overwhelming and it's probably not going to get done. That was so beautifully said, Ashley, way better than I said it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think you explained it wonderfully. Oh, I was not taking offense. I was like, you just summarized that 
so perfectly. Like it was a very teacher of you. Like in like 30 <laughs> seconds, I was like, whoa, did I say all that? That sounds so beautiful. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think too, with, you know, the side hustle and this taps in a little bit to like those micro tasks, the things that, so with my clients, when I coach them, there are things they have to do every week and it has to do with marketing. So a lot of the times we're spending our time creating tons of things and resources that aren't actually going to convert and bring mm -hmm. us money mm -hmm. into our side hustle or worse. We're creating all these resources before we even know that they're going to sell. Um, so the solution to that is also doing like a time audit and actually tracking like, where is when I sit down to work on my side hustle, where is all, all my time going? If the majority of it, because at least 50% of your time should be spent on marketing your business, meaning you're sending out emails to your email list, you're talking on your stories, you're posting on social media, you are building relationships with potential clients and you're telling the algorithm, I'm here, I'm selling something that people want, right? So if 50% of your time isn't going to that, that could be one of the reasons you're not seeing your side hustle grow the way that you want it to. Because mm -hmm. again, we're spending our time on a lot of things that actually really don't matter that much. Yeah. And I think that could even be brought into mom life and teacher life. Like I hear a lot of teachers saying like, I don't have enough time at school to get everything done. That's why I'm bringing things home. And it's like, well, what are you, maybe you do need, maybe you need a time audit, your prep time, your time before school, mm -hmm. your time after school, figure out what are you actually doing? Are you spending your time talking with teachers in the hallway for 50% mm -hmm. of the time? Um, or are you spending 50% of your time answering emails that don't need to be answered? Um, and, or are you actually spending time on the grading and the lesson planning and the things that actually matter that are going to move your teacher day forward? So yeah, yeah. I you mentioned that as well. That time audit is really going to be able, allow you to reset. I think with the task list that, you know, I recommended because another element of this that I haven't really dove into yet is when I did quit. The, there was multiple layers of guilt. And by the way, I do not advertise that people quit teaching. Mm -hmm. I I say this on a lot of podcasts I go on. I think it's manipulative, right? Because I know for me personally, my time to quit teaching came because of like a natural separation of priorities. Right. I will be back. So like my goal is to become a principal or start my own school. I made it to assistant principal. Mm -hmm. So I plan to go back. But a lot of the times when you quit or even when you want to do something for yourself, that nagging that you feel to constantly be doing something can absolutely destroy you. Um, I feel like just now a year and a half into entrepreneurship, do I finally feel like, yep, I don't have anything to do and this is great. And I don't feel like flustered by it. And that's because my funnel, I have everything with my marketing and sales funnel automated, like the systems as well, the workflows, so that all I have to do on a week to week basis is speak with my clients, give them feedback on their deliverables and coach them on our app that we communicate on. And then of course the marketing, which I already mentioned. And mm -hmm. it's just put into perspective for me how 
the sake of being busy just to be busy is so harmful. Even knowing when to say, like you said, you know, with teachers, when to say like, okay, I'm going to be done. Like, this is what I got done today. Because there's also that element is sometimes with your must do items, you feel like, oh, I can just add one more thing and one more thing. And it's like, just, just let it be like, mm-hmm. just let your work be the work. And it's so hard because we as educators constantly want to evolve. And that is part of what burns us out too. <laughs> yeah. That's I'm, I'm guilty of that at, um, at home more than I am at school. I'm like, oh, I've got all these. Like right now we're redoing our office and, you know, we're trying to do this. We're trying to do our, our podcast mastermind. And, um, so it's like, and I've got like all these, we were on, we were just on vacation. So I had all these like house projects built up. And so it's like, um, you know, I have all these things on my to-do list and it's just never enough. I just have to keep going. (laughs) So I I have to, I have to get better. Um, I did last night. I, we came downstairs, we cleaned the basement and then I I had like three more things on my list that day. And it was already like seven o'clock and I was like, Nope, you know what? I know we're, we're total dorks. (laughs) Um, my kids have been on vacation. We went to a, um, we went and stayed in a covered wagon at the Laura Ingalls. Oh, how fun. (laughs) I love Laura Ingalls. I read all the little house on the prairie books growing up. So it got my kids super interested in watching little house on the prairie. So like, I just, I stopped and that's what we did last night. We went upstairs and we watched two episodes of Little House on the Prairie because they love it. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. It like, really is the best, one of the best shows I think is. of all time. It was like, like, I'm so obsessed with it. Yep, me too. It was my <laughs> guilty pleasure when I was a teenager. I'm like such a dork. Yes, me too. Now. My mom had to like force us to turn it off and be like, you're done watching. You've watched like three on Saturday morning. Like we're done. <laughs> and they're not short episodes either. They're no, like- they're like an hour. Some of them were like an hour and a half, I think. <laughs> So that was just my little, my little tidbit, my throwing it it in there as I consciously stopped last night. Right. That's so beautiful. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard to do that. Yep. That reminds me of, um, you know, I've done time blocked schedules for my edupreneur clients as well. So that can be kind of another strategy to try is it's like you block off this time to lesson plan. You block off this time, 30 minutes to do house chores, whatever. Mm-hmm. And once the end of that time is there, is there, that's it. So sometimes I'll do that with the dishes, right? 15 minutes, as much as I get done. And that's that. And that helps me to kind of have that boundary. So I love that you like, we're living that out last night with your, with your kiddos to spend time with them because mm-hmm. on my client's calendar, we time block, this is family time. So right. once that hour hits, yep. that's, that's it for whatever yep. it was you were working on before. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I love this. And I could talk to you about this for forever because I'm like, I love time management and yes. we will, we will have to get something on the books for our entrepreneurs um, later, like in the summer or something like that. We'll chat. Yes. Let's do part two. Yes, absolutely. And um, thank you so much for coming on and like sharing all your wisdom with us. It's Awesome. I think this is something super easy and tactical that people can pick up and do. So um, share with us where people can find you on Instagram or your website or whatever. Yes. Thank you, Ashley. So you can find me at at heart for children. Heart is spelled H-A-R-T. It's named after my daughter, Hartley. 
So that's my Instagram handle. And then you can also go to my website, heartforchildren.com. And there you can download my 10 strategies to book out your education service, working 10 hour weeks and making five figure months. So there you'll be able to learn a lot more in depth about the business side of things that I do with marketing and sales funnels. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Christina, for joining us. And we will chat again. (laughs) Thank you, Ashley. Yes, we will. Talk soon. (laughs) Hey, teacher mama. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, would you take 30 seconds and leave a review on Apple Podcasts? It lights us up to know this podcast is helping you. Also, please share this with a friend who might need it today. Okay, time to go spend all that extra time we have with our families. No more stressing out over schoolwork that didn't get done before contract time. We'll meet you back here in a couple of days for another episode. Bye. Bye.